Summer Replacement Show. I'm Mel. Floyd is on assignment, but with us as always, the man who knows everything, Smarty Pants. Uh, yes, sir. Mr. Smarty Pants to you. Dr. Smarty Pants, technically. <laughs> I don't know whether my my secret identity has a doctorate or not. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't decided on whether he deserves one or not. All good supervillains are doctors. That's though, true. So I, That's true. I wonder where they go to school. Uh, <laughs> is there like a, 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 a school of the Americas? School I think. of the, yeah, <laughs> that's true. whatever crazy name it has now. That'll work. Yeah, yeah. It's the, yeah. The happy, dic- happy fun time daycare. Yeah, yeah the dictator, <laughs> dictator land. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at one point I was. Uh, I this is so nerdy. I you guys got to bear with me. At one time I was collecting these tumblers and these glasses that had different superhero or other characters, like yeah. you know Marvel characters sure. and others. And I was looking at it, and I realized that every one that I had was a doctor. Really, like, Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange, you know, it's like that, you know. And I was like, Doctor Detroit. Yeah, it's like, wait, wait, am, is this some kind of like weird <laughs> academic snobbery that I like? But then I remembered, no, no, because Doctor Doom doesn't actually have a doctorate. He's still ABD. He dropped out. <laughs> he dropped out yeah. when he tried to contact the netherworld. Was he like Rand Paul? He just, just gave himself the, the title? Yeah, like, sure. Why yeah. not? <laughs> I suppose like a, like a pro wrestler, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Doctors and counts. There's Dr. Midnight, Barrett. Dr. Light. A lot of villains were doctors. I think that tells you something about <laughs> I think that tells you something about what happens. About our health care system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and his evil sidekick, Copay. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I'm just going to do a little experiment on you. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Rollover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. I'm starting to feel that way. You know, I have a, a elderly family member right now who's going through a lot of health problems. And I, I'm starting to feel like the whole concept of, like, medical care for elderly people is premised on the idea is that as the longer we keep you alive, the more money we can vampirically suck out of you. <laughs> like, like that's really what it's all about, you know, because it's like, okay, so what's my return on yeah, this? What's my return on this? Like, okay, now we have the medical technology to keep someone, you know, alive into their eighties and nineties pretty regularly. And uh, during that period of time, by the way, we can utterly bankrupt you. So, you know, like that seems like that's what we're going to try to do. But at any rate, sounds like a science fiction story. I kind of. it's, yeah, it's, I don't know if it's a feature or a bug. I, it's, I, think, I think it started out as a bug, and then eventually people these these giant. Oh, I love that. Like companies like Humana. It's like Inhumana would be more like the more, the more reasonable descriptor. Well, you right? never name yourself like accurately. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if you know, if your mother's for freedom, that means you're you know a book burning. Or yeah, something exactly. Like that, so. Yeah, I mean, Orwellian doesn't even mean anything anymore. It's like. It's like Trump using the word fascist, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, whatever. <laughs> Do you see something? This is probably about almost a week old now, but uh, some of the language he used in, oh, yeah. in, in uh, his, I think it was a um, Veterans Day 
yeah, you know, announcement tweet or not yep. a tweet, a, a, a social, yeah. a social, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a truth, yeah. a, a truth. I think yeah, there, that was that. Somebody was saying that that company was losing like tens of millions of oh, dollars yeah, or something, yeah, yeah, which makes it his most successful company ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bankrupt yet. Well, you, you suckers didn't get out in time. <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to say? We're going to pay you off in Trump NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want one where he's dressed up as a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they've got him. But uh, yeah. um, no, the language he was using in yeah. his, his, uh, uh, his uh, uh, announcement about uh, Veterans Day was, yeah. was, was just horrible. I mean, it was, it was very disturbing. He was talking about... Uh, Got to get rid of the vermin. Yeah, that's what a vermin like you would say. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and well, that's a, that's a pretty loaded word. There. Yeah. I, I don't think he wrote it. I think uh, no. Stephen Miller wrote it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but but I mean, the language was very much parallel to you know the the horrible stuff we saw. Oh, like a little, not quite a hundred years yeah. ago. Yeah. But uh, you know, they were talking about the the purity and and, and uh, not letting people in this country and right. you know and, and i mean just i don't know just the, the 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 hot button words there were very they they were dead on with the yeah. things that we heard from uh, coming out of you know germany in the 20s and 30s it's and, just uh you know people just do these homages they don't even realize they're yeah. doing it you know the new york times was great they had an article on it and said uh, trump trump's uh Veterans Day message takes a different approach. <laughs> no, he's a flat-out Nazi. Yeah. Sounded better in the original German. Yeah, yeah, call it what it is. You can't talk about exterminating vermin. Yeah, and and then say, well, that was a slightly different approach. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's just, yeah. As opposed to you know, we need to crush the vermin. Crush, crush the, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Honor this this so, dead soldiers or yeah. whatever that. How well, he doesn't like dead soldiers because no. those are losers. Those soldiers. are losers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nuts. That's he's already made that quite clear. Yeah. So several several times he's talked about why would people do that and uh, he didn't want to get his hair wet at the uh, the, the anniversary the World War One. Oh yeah. Uh, no. Is yeah yeah memorial he, or yeah. He was well because if he gets it, if it's wet, it's like it's like it's. I don't know. Imagine you had a thing of cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Started raining. There wouldn't, wouldn't be much left. Like, like, Screw those dead soldiers. I don't yeah, want to get my hair yeah, wet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's. I, I I really do believe that he genuinely does not understand why someone would do something out of principle. I mean no, that no. that's why he is who he is, right? He thinks right. everybody What's that does something yeah. yeah, everybody that does something out of some kind of principle or some kind of abstract duty or something like that. He he thinks that person's wait, they have a name for that. That person's a chump, right? Yeah, you know, right. that's a chump right. and and you know Well you then know. he sees that that's weakness and I can exploit that. Yeah, so but, uh, but again you never yeah. know what to do with what he says. I mean some people say, well, you know, the Trump Trump's uh, whole uh his whole strategy is he says out loud exactly what he's going to do. But on the other hand, he's been relatively ineffectual in trying to, to do some of those yeah. things. So yeah. I don't know. Whether this one, this one got to me because it, it was, it was a, a tailored message. And like I say, yeah. I, I, I assume Stephen Miller wrote it because it, you know, there, yeah. there's no way Trump would be able to yeah. a, align his, his thinking, you know, so, so closely with, right. uh, with what we've, we've seen as, uh, you know, as Nazis. Well, tailored would be one thing, but he definitely took that one just off the rack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exa- yeah. The vermin. You can see I the mean, one over there with the swastika <laughs> on it. That's the rack you I want, want to that go one. to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try this on for size. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the Oklahoma governor, Kevin Stitt, has been soundly denounced 
after making a video in support of a cockfighting organization. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he, I, it's Oklahoma. They don't want two cocks getting together. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, but he's in favor of it. Oh, he's in favor. Well, that's, yeah. see, that's why he's being rejected. Yeah. So uh, he made a video in support of, at, of the annual meeting for the Oklahoma Game Foul Commission, a group that has been working to reduce penalties for cockfighting in the state. All right. Um, the former district director <laughs> for no end, is there. the Game Foul Commission was arrested and charged with a felony in August after authorities busted a cockfighting ring in the state. The Game Foul Commission has donated to several Oklahoma politicians, including Stitt, in an attempt to lessen poly, poly, uh, penalties for those participating. The Oklahoma newspaper said the organization had given over seventy thousand dollars to Oklahoma politicians. So there's good money in cockfighting, so apparently, Is there? and uh, including t- uh, two thousand dollars to Stitt. So, and uh, to show you how, how 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 out of the mainstream they are. Cockfighting is banned in Texas. <laughs> but okay, but it is Oklahoma, okay? I mean, there are these states that are like at the bottom, and then they look over and like, okay, we got Oklahoma on one side and Mississippi on the other. So Texas is doing great. We're good. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're living the high life here. <laughs> hey, a related story. I don't know if you heard this. The uh, Federal Appeals Court, the, seventh, uh, the Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit, which is based in Chicago, just overturned a 33-year-old Wisconsin law. And this was a two-to-one decision. Uh, it reverses a uh, it reverses this uh, law, but it also reverses a, uh, a previous decision from 2020, uh, which uh, where another court said it was uh, def- uh, a uh, district court said this uh, law was perfectly fine. The law is uh, it's a, it's a law in Wisconsin that was passed against harassing hunters. Oh yeah, um, I don't know if you heard about this interfering sure. with lawful hunting activities has been illegal in the great state of Wisconsin. It was a harbinger of things to come, obviously. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and it's been expanded. It expanded in 2016 when, when Scott Walker was governor. To, uh, it expanded to protect hunters during training, scouting, and baiting activities. It uh, prohibited actions such as remaining in a hunter's sight to obstruct and photographing a recording. Or they don't want to be bothered when they're baiting. Confronting a hunter, yeah. <laughs> well, they said that this was unconstitutionally vague. This is according to the Federal uh, Appeals Court of the, the Seventh Circuit. And uh, unconstitutionally vague, and uh, it violates free speech protections. It's not really clear what the decision means for hunting in Wisconsin. It was originally brought on behalf of, um, or pardon me, by the Animal Legal Defense Fund, or ALDF. And it was on uh, behalf of three people who were opposed to the state's wolf hunt. So it's not sure uh, what, what effect this was, because wolves were... Last hunted in uh, Wisconsin uh, uh, two years ago, uh, soon to be three, almost three years ago, and uh, that was just before the state court halted the hunt later that year. So uh, they had so to hunt it because they were they were they killed so many wolves. Yeah. It was like way over what they had had expected. So. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. the, the f- a federal judge had restored the federal endangered species protections for the animals in the lower forty-eight just because they had been over over hunted. Mm-hmm. So it's not sure what's going to happen, but it does basically say that this law is is does not pass muster yeah. as a uh, as a constitutionally protected yeah, the, law. Yeah, the the hunters and the pro hunting people were were concerned because the the they were they 
there were efforts by animal rights people to like go through the woods and you know ring bells and stuff and yeah. try to get the animals to run away. Right. And, uh, right. But I'm I'm not you know like most of these things with animal rights stuff, it probably has happened once or twice. Right. And then it you know it gets amplified through the the right wing echo chamber, and it's like they're they're all over in the woods. There's thousands of them out there, and you know. Yeah. Like, so I don't know that it was a big deal, but uh, I but, still but, think, but it was it was targeted at. Animal, I still think the Wisconsin should have a law where people have to paint in bright orange paint cow on the side of everybody's cow <laughs> when the hunters from Chicago come up here looking for deer. <laughs> I found this really nice um, uh, little nature preserve not too far from my house, and it, it's, I mean it's. It's just like a big field and a lot of wood, you know, some trees and stuff. But it's nothing special. But it's it's close by, and they they mow some little paths in there. And then and I thought, well, this is a great place. I can take Clopsy, and he can run loose. You know, he doesn't have to be on the leash like at most places I go. And sure. and I uh, did that a few times. And then I, I I looked at the sign when I I came in from at once because you know you usually ignore those things. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would only expect you to do that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and. <laughs> But uh, but then I noticed that hunting was allowed in there, and I thought well, I probably shouldn't go back there at least yeah. at least in the fall. Wow! But, uh, so, yeah, but, uh, people with guns. Yeah. Hey, a Minneapolis police lieutenant who was placed on paid leave for more than a year for forwarding a racist email has been appointed to lead the department's homicide unit. Oh, I thought it was going to be the DEI dis- division. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> The appointment of 25-year veteran Amy Linson angered police reform advocates who questioned whether department leaders were serious about changing the culture in the city where George Floyd was murdered by a former police officer three years ago. Uh, the city and uh, Madison or, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis Police Department specifically is not, in fact, committed to the change they claim to be embracing. Yeah, you're, you're suspended for a year for being a racist, but uh, here's your promotion. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, homicide division especially. Yeah, I, you would think that, that the place where, where the George Floyd murder happened, they, mm-hmm. they might be a little bit more... A time passes, uh, dude. I guess, yeah. Yep. Hey, the Democratic Party is planning to spend millions of dollars next year, and, uh, and they're targeting us. They're targeting Who? good old Wisconsin. Uh, we are among the states where uh, there are gerrymandered supermajorities. Oh, sure. Where even no matter what happens in terms of the uh, the actual elections, uh, you only see the effect of, uh, of 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 you know what the split is between the two parties when it's a statewide office. Everything else is basically uh, basically being uh, being gerrymandered. So uh, this is a strategy. Uh, the the Democrats are going to spend money in Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Wisconsin. And again, these are places where there's a Republican supermajority and where they're fighting uh, in, in those places with Democratic governors who are trying to, uh, to do their job. But, of course, the supermajorities are coming up with all kinds of crazy stuff to, uh, to limit the power of the governor and, indeed, limit the power of the voters in those states. We're seeing that now in Ohio. Uh, same thing's happening in Ohio that happened down in Florida. Now, in Florida, they had that statewide referendum to allow felons to vote if they met certain conditions, and immediately the state legislature imposed a huge raft of nearly impossible restrictions, mm-hmm. including financial restrictions sure. on, on, on the people who are trying to, to get the vote. And now in Ohio, you know, they had, the, of course, the as we know, the beginning of the month, they had the referendum on Ohio constitutional rights for abortion access. And now the state legislatures, state legislators are openly saying they're going to basically create laws that make it impossible for that to uh, 
to to be uh, enacted and to mm-hmm. to have uh, sure. to, to be in the law. So uh, so basically, they're thinking, well, you know, we obviously know better than almost sixty percent of the people of Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> and it's because it's a legislature that it's it's so gerrymandered. They don't have to worry about blowback in terms sure. of their elections. It's it's been created by uh, you know some computer program somewhere that slices and dices and mm-hmm. recombines in ways that just make their districts so safe yeah. they never have to worry about the the actual uh, views that they express sure sure or you could uh, impeach a Supreme Court justice who just got elected. There's that. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who hadn't even taken office yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> For all the things she might have done. <laughs> but they backed off on that. So yeah. th- think, of, think of how bad that internal polling must have showed that play. Yeah. I mean, that, that's... Because I mean they're they're totally shameless and like you say they, they you know the same thing here where yeah. they, they don't have to worry about yeah. blowback but there must have been such a huge yeah. huge uh, negative associated with that that sure. they they backed off on it because they certainly wouldn't do it because of you know being you know decent human beings or, <laughs> <laughs> or caring about democracy or any, well, any they, of that stuff. This is the problem with the you know this is the problem with fanaticism. I mean if you. If your idea is that government is just the glove that you're sticking your juicy wet hand into, then, you know, then who cares? I mean, if you don't think that that's got its own, I mean, it's just an instrument for power. And in this case, the power is a lot of people want, uh, you know, want their political views to, uh, you know, political structures to represent their religious views. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I mean, I don't know why this issue hasn't, in the 50 years that this has been around, why this issue hasn't been fought on that level. It seems to me to be an obvious violation of people's right to religious freedom. I mean, you have a bunch of people that say, I know exactly when a fetus isn't sold. I mean, they didn't even believe that in the Middle Ages, for goodness sakes. That's a recent development. And everybody else is supposed to go, okay, I guess I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, haven't, I don't have any choice. It's in the Bible somewhere. Yeah, so yeah. that means that's how we're going to arrange society. Yeah. It's like, that seems like a violation of the First Amendment if I've ever seen one, but that's just me. It's out of St. Paul. St. Paul leaders officially certified and accepted the results of last week's election Wednesday, meaning St. Paul officially has its first female-led council. Uh, The majority are also women of color, and it's a group of progressive young leaders. People are ready for new leadership, according to Sora Jost, incoming council member. We're women, we're women of color, and we're also experienced, and our communities trust us. But did they this, gerrymander everything? This, this, <laughs> the, this headline says the, the council was made up entirely of women, and the majority are also women of color. So Interesting. Hey, more than 500 political appointees and staff members representing about 40 different government agencies sent a letter to President Biden this week. And uh, the letter was, uh, was pretty intense. It was here. They were protesting his support of Israel. And its war on Gaza in Gaza, and uh, the letter is there's internal uh, dissent in the administration apparently about this. Calls on the president to seek an immediate ceasefire on the Gaza Strip, and to push Israel to allow humanitarian aid into the territory. And it's it was also signed by uh, dozens of uh, State Department employees. Um, there's also an open letter that's been signed by more than a thousand employees of the U.S. Agency for International Development, and. Uh, the, the one, I have to say that the one that uh, was uh, circulating among the U.S. AID employees was anonymous because they're worried about losing their jobs. But the uh, the signatories of the State Department uh, 
uh, have have to disclose their names. So there was a, a copy of the letter was reviewed by the New York Times, and it uh, began by denouncing the October 7 attacks by Hamas, but then it urged Mr. Biden to stop the bloodshed caused by Israel's retaliatory campaign. Hmm. At the same time, uh, on the other on the other side of the ledger, videos on TikTok supporting a decades-old letter by Osama bin Laden oh, sure. are is uh, is being are being passed around. Uh, the letter was uh, titled "Letter to America" and was published a year after the 2001 terrorist attacks that were planned by Bin Laden. So apparently, Bin Laden is trending on TikTok. Uh, not a good sign. Uh, some TikTok users said this week that they viewed the document as an awakening to America's role in global affairs. Because you know, Osama Bin Laden, he's he's a neutral <laughs> arbiter <laughs> with respect to these questions. Um, one video uh, had nearly 100,000 likes. Um, uh, showing one TikTok user at her kitchen sink with the caption, trying to go back to life as normal after reading Osama bin Laden's letter and uh, realizing that everything we learned about the Middle East 9-11 and terrorism was a lie, according to this individual. So, so Osama bin Laden is trending. All lies. I'm not sure that's a good sign. No, no. Workers at two downtown Madison Starbucks uh, closed their stores yesterday as part of a nationwide Red Cup Rebellion strike. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Starbucks Red Cup Day is a promotion, one of their biggest of the year, handing out free reusable Red Cups when customers buy a drink. Instead, workers at the State Street and Capitol Square locations shut down their stores for the day, demanding better working conditions from the company. Workers say they're overworked and understaffed at the stores, especially on promotional days when they see more customers. Yeah, uh, I was reading a, a shift supervisor at Starbucks in Seattle was talking about this. She said her store received more than 200 orders in a half hour during an October promotion where you could get 50% off any drink. And they were so overwhelmed that um, food and drink went to went to waste. I mean, they, they sure. were just kind of like, it was just over overwhelmed. I barely had time to misspell your name. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it's interesting. The union now represents uh, 9,000 Starbucks workers. Really? And, and about 300. Uh, that, that union for Starbucks has been growing by leaps yeah. and bounds. Of course, as soon as... Uh, as uh, little Mussolini gets in, of course, we'll <laughs> shut that baby down. But They're vermin. <laughs> yeah, it's vermin. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, right well, now. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, his The National Labor Relations Board has been, like, you know, helping, this, yeah, helping it out. Yeah, so like, I mean, I mean, traditionally, labor unions have, have been considered vermin by, yeah. by the yeah. people in power and people with money. Another local story. Demonstrators gathered outside the Wisconsin Department of Corrections headquarters in Madison protesting against lockdowns in state-run prisons. These have been going on forever. The rally follows Governor Evers' announcement of sweeping measures to address safety concerns at prisons prompted by a federal lawsuit citing poor living conditions at the Wapan and Green Bay Correctional Institutes mm. Institutions. Uh, Advisors or uh, observers have have called the the Green Bay institution especially a powder keg and claimed that a 125 year old facility poses a considerable safety threat to the community. Wow. 
120, yes, uh, 120, I didn't know it was 125 years old. My goodness. It's probably right. not in great shape, I would imagine. I would imagine, too, yeah. yeah. I remember back when they were doing the whole Act 10 stuff, and they were talking about unionization and so on, and and you know compensation for like firefighters and police officers and so on. And I remember the Democrats kept trying to bring up, well, what about prison guards? Yeah. You know, this is a good source of information if we have like you know, ongoing negotiations with people who are doing this kind of work. And, and isn't that, an, don't you want to make an exception for them? You know, want you to have them, allow them to be unionized? And like, no, they don't need that. Well, the, the Republicans didn't actually give answers to any of these questions. No. They didn't. They just had the, they had the votes. That's what they did. They had the votes and they did everything that you see today is not based on argumentation or deliberation or compromise. They just said, we got the votes and we're going to lock it what down. Are you, what are you going to do to stop me? Yeah, what are you going to yeah. do to stop me? Literally, that's what they did. Yeah. We were there. I mean, it was like in the chamber when they were doing this stuff. Pretty amazing. So a lot of people have got worried about the uh, the the Biden Trump trade off there. The whole you know who's gonna, who's leading whom in the in these so called battleground states. Which by the way, if we didn't have a stupid electoral college, we wouldn't have battleground states. But anyway, um, but uh, a lot of people are upset. A lot of people are worried. I was like, what's going to happen? But uh, I saw an article today in the uh, in the State Journal, and this uh, this editorialist was talking about you know what did these polls tell us? They said a more accurate place to look at. Is um, is basically um, uh, places where people are taking bets, putting money on candidates, oh, sure. and this is a classic way for. I mean, a lot of people that talk about things like probability assessment and so on, they'll say, no, no, don't think about it in terms of like what's likely in some abstract sense. Would you be willing to bet on it? Mm-hmm. And what you find as soon as you sort of operationalize it like that, that you get very different results from when it's purely notional. And right now, all the all the uh, all the investors are putting their money on Biden. So uh, trading with for Biden is uh, is basically at about a forty three percent chance of victory, which sounds bad. But uh, Trump's trailing at about thirty seven percent likelihood of victory. So it looks like that uh, people who are doing this as part of a betting market are thinking that uh, maybe this looks pretty good for uh, for the current president. Uh, one thing I did not know is apparently betting on presidential elections has been around since the very beginning. And uh, people were just doing it informally. But around the time of Abraham Lincoln, uh, formal markets were organized. You know? oh, really? Like, yeah, you could bet on anything back on the day. Major newspapers would carry uh, daily reports of the latest prices. Like, what were the, you know, is, 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 the, is the Lincoln stock up or down yeah. today? And, uh, of course, these markets uh, used to be what people used before the invention of, quote-unquote, scientific polling. And... Um, so what's happened is so-called scientific polling has replaced them. But now as we see that people are manipulating polls or not responding to them or using them for their own little purposes, maybe going back to the betting markets would be a better way of finding out what was actually going on. Sure, sure. Well, it's like you, there's the rhetoric about climate change, and then you look at see what like the insurance companies are doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't, look what I, don't listen to what I say. Look where my money goes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of climate change, the legislative Democrats in uh, in uh, Madison uh, yesterday introduced a package of bills meant to address some of the key challenges climate change poses to the, the Badger state. Dubbed the Forward on Climate Package, the legislation includes 20 individual bills that focus on climate-relating issues ranging from supporting sustainable agriculture to creating new routes for Wisconsin to transition to green energy. 
It also provides funding for county and local governments working to mitigate and prepare for future disasters exacerbated by shifting climate patterns. And uh, the Democrats uh, have been introducing uh, similar bills in every session since 2019, but none of them have ever gotten a hearing. Uh, hey, the United Auto Workers uh, Union members voted to approve a new contract with General Motors. It's the first. They com- did. Yep. The I f- didn't know that. Making the, the, the company the first Detroit automaker to get a ratified deal. Uh, the vote tracking spreadsheet on the union's website, check that baby out, showed that all local union offices have reported and the contract passed by about 3,400 votes, which is uh, 54.7% in favor. Uh, the outcome is a little closer than uh, than the UAW had anticipated, but it still, of course, is a solid majority. Uh, so uh, still to go are, of course, uh, contracts with Ford and Stellantis. Uh, ratification was leading at Ford by about 10,000 votes uh, at the present, and uh, so far 66.7% of the ballots uh, are in. So um, voting continues at Ford until, uh, until early tomorrow. And at Stellantis, the uh, tallies expect to be completed by next Tuesday, upcoming Tuesday. I, I, Mel, I, it's just we we can do union news, and it's actually positive for a change. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's a little unnerving for me. I mean, how long we've we been doing this show? I don't think we've ever done positive union news. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's it's disorienting. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you know, especially younger people are kind of fed up with with uh, just shut up and do your job and, yeah. and uh, don't don't uh, push back on anything. And uh, here's your meager paycheck. No, yeah. no get out of here. Yeah, but, uh, that's what I work for, John A. Meager. <laughs> <laughs> Always get a meager paycheck there. <laughs> You mean Scrooge was the bad guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought he was an example for us all. <laughs> Look at the jobs he created. <laughs> yeah, one at least. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, you're listening to the Mel and Floyd Show here on WORT 89.9 on the FM. You might be listening on the internet at WORTFM.org because uh, we stream all of these shows. And you might be listening in the future because we put all of our shows on uh, the archives page. Um, use the WRT app. It's really easy. It makes things a lot lot easier to, to manipulate your various shows. And then uh, also thanks to Mindless Minion D Cubed, who does the, the file management. Uh, you can get this uh, show as a podcast through Spotify and uh, Apple and, uh, I don't know, at the... The, the main tap, I think they have it down there. But, uh, <laughs> they? About time. I'm not sure. But, or we're going to take a brief break and come back with... Got anything ah, where it's, are, people are considering getting rid of Right Turn on Red. Oh, and uh, my hometown has a giant cross. Wow. And we're back. Now, I see this as being like not dealing with the actual problem, um, this right turn on red thing. I mean, the actual problem is people are buying these gigantic vehicles, and we're seeing this huge uptick in the number of people that are being killed uh, you know, on bicycles or walking when there's an interaction between a bicyclist and a vehicle and, or a pedestrian in a vehicle. And um, the chances that you're going to be killed, uh, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety found the odds of a pedestrian being killed when struck by an automobile turning right, we're 89% higher 
when the vehicle was a pickup and 63% higher was an SUV, which that's about all you see in Madison these days. Yeah. Well, it's physics. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, it's exactly. <laughs> it's physics. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> exactly right. So rather than say people shouldn't be having these outrageously huge, unnecessarily. Mass times acceleration. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. Very good. <laughs> it took, it took me a second to pull that one up. <laughs> Excellent. You get an A+. Plus. <laughs> Uh, rather than do something about that, which seems to me to be a prior problem that has all sorts of implications in other places, too, they've decided that maybe we'll make it harder for these gigantic, uh, you know, sort of Mad Max style vehicles to turn right easily. <laughs> so this is what some cities are considering right now. Now, this is something that you and I are old enough to remember when we didn't have right turn on red. In fact, I remember in the movie Annie Hall, uh, the Woody Allen makes fun of California, said its only culture advantage is that they had right turn on red. Um but uh, last year, the uh, uh, Washington, D.C. City Council approved a right uh, turn on red ban. Uh, Chicago's new mayor, Brandon Johnson, has talked about uh, restricting rights for turning on red. Um, San Francisco has uh, been dis- discussing this. They're, they're really worried about the, uh, again, the traffic, uh, pedestrian and or bicycle uh, fatality rate. Um, Los Angeles is looking into this. Seattle's looking into it. Denver's thinking of banning it. Um, according to... Uh, Let's see, one of the activists involved in this, a woman by the name of Sophie, Sophie Langerman, who was nearly killed when she was struck by a bicycle, just, or struck by a vehicle on her bicycle just recently. She's leading the, the charge here, and she's saying that um, drivers should not have the option to decide for themselves when they think it's safe. Uh, of course, especially when you add our the bane of our entire modern existence, people are constantly looking at their cell phone. Yeah. So you put that together with, I'm driving in a tank, I'm looking at my cell phone, and man alive, I get to decide when I get turned, no matter whether anybody's there or not. Mm-hmm. So apparently we can't deal with any of those other things, cell yeah. phones or giant vehicles, so we'll just put con- some constraints on when people can turn. <laughs> I saw a guy, I was in my car, and I was at a, at a red light at uh, the corner of Park and West Wash. So it's a pretty, you know, busy intersection. Yeah. And uh, and uh, a guy was walking in front of me, a pedestrian. He was walking with the light and everything. Yeah. He, was, he was doing fine. But he, he had a baby. Yeah. He was holding the baby in one hand. Yeah. And he had his phone in the other. Oh, dear. And he was reading his phone while he was oh, my Lord. crossing the street, yeah. <laughs> holding onto his baby with one hand. Wow. <laughs> and just looked. It's perfectly normal, you know. It's, it's time like, for that baby to just take a wild crap. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, pay attention to me. That's what my kid would do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Still. what she did do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, my hometown of Owatonna, Minnesota, was in the in the big news this week. Oh boy. Um, uh, they they put up a a, uh, a church, Christian Family Church. Tuesday morning. Already sounds bad. Because <laughs> you know that Jesus, he always hang around families. Yeah. <laughs> hang around single guys. Yeah. <laughs> hang around a lot of sailors. He said, mean, he said to his mother, basically, get lost. Who are you? You know. <laughs> Is there some Bible quote about, like, leave your family and follow yeah. me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. No. no. You never hear that one. No, you sure don't. Yeah, but, uh, I remember challenging some ministers on that. I, I had a friend who was really ensconced to the Lutheran church, and I went to some of her like, you know, some of the events that they had where they were trying to, you know, Bible study and stuff just to see, just to be me, you know. <laughs> so I, I but it, it's like the foundation of Christianity is the family. And I raised my hand. It's like, really? Have you read the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> you mean like 12 guys in a boat? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
Okay, so Owatonna is located right next to I thirty five, yeah, a major major interstate, and uh, and this is this is close enough that uh, that you can see it. The Christian Family Church, okay, put up a seventy foot tall cross. It's uh, it's made out of steel. It weighs seventy eight thousand pounds, making it <laughs> plainly visible from I thirty five. It's the SUV of crosses. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> Says the pastor Tim Peterson, you know, that's everybody in Minnesota's named Peterson, yeah, Anderson or Larson or something, but uh, but he this one's Tim Peterson. Uh, he whooped with glee, it says here, as the crane <laughs> clan, crane lowered the top segment onto yeah. the base. That was the machine gun yeah. tor- turret they put on the top yeah, there. Right. That's uh, that's the best part. So, um, a group from the organization gathered to watch. It's part of a part of a uh. A whole uh, project that includes a prayer garden and a smaller cross, one that's only 40 feet tall. Oh, okay. So, a baby cross. The, oh, it's, little mini me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the whole project is going to cost about $4 million. So. I think for, it must, uh, now don't quote me on the, I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I think it was about the first 600 years of Christianity, they didn't use a cross. Really? No. They would have the other symbols. Um, you know, when Constantine converted to Christianity in the 300s, he saw a, a, a sign in the sky, you know, that, that told him that he was going to, you know, in the sign, thou shalt conquer, in hoc signo vinces. And the, the the sign was a Cairo, which is just the the, the first two letters of Christ. It's a, it looks like an X and a P in mm-hmm. Greek. And uh, people use that. They use the fish, you know, that, that was also that was also an anagram. So they didn't. They thought the cross was too kind of gruesome, and it wasn't until the high Middle Ages that people started using that regularly as a symbol of Christianity. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it'd be kind of like having a I don't know religion and having the electric chair as your yeah. as your symbol. <laughs> it's like really <laughs> wasn't that a Lenny Bruce line, or maybe it was uh, Carlin about uh, if you worship John Kennedy and wear a little AK fourteen. Forty-five around your neck, wow, or yeah. AK, whatever it was. Yeah. Well, some churches in the in the Reformation, the second stage of the Reformation, actually rejected the cross. So here in Madison, if you go by the Congregational Church, which is on uh, University Avenue, you'll note with interest that there are no crosses on that building. Really? Yep. And uh, there are other uh, other groups, uh, uh, Congregationalists being uh, preeminent among them, that don't think the use of the cross is appropriate. Hmm. And you also see. Um, in some churches, a cross, but you see rather than Christ being crucified, which of course is what you see in a Catholic church, you see Christ triumphantly arising above mm-hmm. that. So you yeah. know, that's a different image, of course. But yeah, yeah, the old cross. What's that all about? <laughs> you said in in Kentucky they have a lot of big crosses. Oh yeah, you yeah. bet. And actually, outside of Columbus, Ohio, because that's that's you know that area has been thoroughly crackerized. So uh, you yeah you see some big old crosses there too, on the go go on the way between like Indianapolis and Columbus. Of course, mm-hmm. when you get to Indiana, you know they have the big sign that says uh, you know hell is real when you, when you <laughs> <cross> <laughs> the... do they? Yeah, there's a big sign that says hell is real in giant letters. <laughs> You're here now. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Remember <laughs> the first here. time we saw a companion and I were talking about it, we thought, really you know I think the Indiana Division of Tourism needs <laughs> to do a better job. <laughs> Truth in advertising. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, when you leave, when you're coming in, it says hell is real. When you leave on the other side of the sign, it says Jesus is real. So yeah. that's, you know, a little one-two punch there. <laughs> hey, another uh, phenomenon which we thought was the be-all and end-all is being uh, questioned. Huh. Uh, that's uh, the idea of uh, self-checkout lanes. Um, now, this hasn't quite hit the U.S. yet. This is right in, is in Britain. 
But uh, one of their biggest uh, chains of, of uh, grocery stores there is getting rid of their self-checkout lanes. They said uh, it's like a lot of technology. They're quoting uh, from some of the people that made the decisions here. When everything goes right, it's great. And when it doesn't, it's a mess. Um, the machine doesn't recognize your spaghetti. You know, you click a picture of zucchini by accident when what you got is a cucumber. I mean, you're leaving it up to the individual to do this, right? Um, and, he, and if you or buying anything like alcohol, medicine, something like that. you got to wait for people to come over anyway. So there's always a problem. Problems with the bagging. Um, I, I see this at places where they have self-checkout. Unless it's something really, you know, small amounts, you often have problems. And, of course, it's uh, they've expanded tremendously in the last 20 years. Many chains have them. A study of retailers in uh, United States, Britain, and other European countries uh, back in 2016 found that retailers with self-service lanes and apps – uh, you know, really liked them at first, but then they realized they had a loss rate of about 4%, which is double the industry <laughs> average. Uh, researchers say that self-checkout lanes tempted shoppers to act in ways that normally they would not uh, and uh, made theft less uh, detectable. So uh, they're starting to think that maybe this is not such a great idea. You still have to monitor them and help the customers anyway, and, uh, and you can't say hi to them. And if the machine sp- speaks to you, you know it doesn't mean it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, and then there's this old loss factor. So, uh, that maybe they're, that maybe it would save them some money actually to have human run hmm. cash registers. I like the check self checkout, but that's just, then I don't have to deal with humans. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I And I, I think it is sincere when it says have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I was shocked when I, uh, so I, this happened because of COVID, but it hasn't gone away. So in uh, you go to a grocery store in Paris and you would inevitably deal with a human. You know, that's just the way it is. And it actually is kind of nice because it provides a lot of entry level uh, jobs for, for immigrants. But um, now when the pandemic hit, uh, they started going to automate it in, in all the different grocery store chains. And now there's hardly anybody there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's France, so the, the machines don't work very well. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There's They're inevitably two or, two or three of them are, are not working right. You know? it's like, <laughs> They're on their smoke break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and during August, none of them work. So yeah. that's just, you know, there's, a, there's not an automatic scanner in the city. So. <laughs> I do screw up sometimes, and I have to, to get somebody to come over. And, and I always say, I've got no training in this. I've got absolutely yeah. no training. Well, I mean, okay. Like, so let me just say that because that's what's really going on. What's really going on is you're basically – there's basically a, an added fee now, an in-kind fee that's been added to your groceries. You also have to work right. to get the groceries <laughs> exactly. done. I mean, this is what all this – all this automation stuff, all it's done is may have to make the rest of us do work it's that we used to be part – yes, used to be part of the payment – of what we did when we got that right. good or service, yeah. somebody else was doing that. Now, not only do we have to pay the still same price as we ever did, but now we have to also work for it. So we have this immaterial thing. Now, there might be people like you that are like, okay, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to see some eyeball looking at me or something. <laughs> you know, I get that. But well, but, I'm usually embarrassed at what I'm buying. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> extra small. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me like that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> flopsy. <laughs> I'm flopsy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Going back to last week. 
yeah, but I'm just kind of like, I, you know, it's like everything is like, mm. all you need to do is enter. No, you enter my, you know, I'm not going to enter my six-digit number. You enter my <laughs> six-digit number. I'm paying for this good and or service, you know. <laughs> and people think that's so, I mean, I I remember when the early, in the early days, I'm going to go on a rant now. I remember the early days when they would, you know, go into like, a company like a Borders now defunct, and they would say, "Would you like to join our, you know, Borders Rewards Club or whatever?" It's sure. like, no. And finally, somebody said, "Well, what do you think? You're too cool to do that." And it's like, no, because whatever little measly discount you give me is obviously not going to be valuable as valuable as the information you're collecting for me and selling and reselling. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, so they're making you work. You are the you are the product. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give you one percent off if you let us in- insert this chip in your brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As much custard as you can eat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so for, for quite a while, women have outlived men stati- statistically. Sure. And uh, But the gender gap is growing. With yeah. women expected to leave, live nearly six years longer than men, Those according men to the new research. Dumbos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it'll make my life better, this drug. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, COVID has uh, has uh, contributed to this. Oh yeah, and uh, and of course the all you have to do is find out that most men in the United States are Republicans, yeah. and then you know that uh, that's going to uh, correlate with. Yeah, oh, it's going to go. I'm away. not going to get the yeah. the shot. Yeah. And I've the, got a gun in the home, so I'm probably going to shoot myself. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean that they they did know. list the the article went on yeah. to list like yeah. Um, Causes of that, and, yep. and guns was yep. one of them. Guns, yep. you know, you the pe- people men tend to die from homicides and uh, and suicides. Yep. a lot more often. Than, yep. uh, you know, but there were other things too. Men go, don't go to doctors. Yep. You know, men just uh, you know slough off. It's on you, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. My left side's drooping. <laughs> I'll just walk it off. You know? Walk it off exactly. <laughs> well, I got to say, I saw a story in the State Journal this week though that really did kind of. I was thinking about this. And it's because I have the same health care provider. It was a guy talking about going to his, he has Dean Health Plan, and he's talking about going to a clinic, and he asked a couple questions, and they billed him tremendous amounts of money. Oh, really? Apparently, if you ask a question that's considered a consultation, oh my God. and they slap another $380 or something on his office visit because they told him, no, that doesn't look like that to me, or whatever it was, you know? I don't know, but wow. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I'm just, I have a physical coming up and I'm a little worried, you know, it's kind of like, well, what if I hypothetically, can I, if I say everything hypothetically, would that be a consultation or not? Hypothetically, I had a friend who had this thing on his side. <laughs> what would that mean for him? It looks real similar to this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this is the model. <laughs> wow. I had a friend in the, in the, had to get some outpatient, uh, Treatments a couple of weeks ago at yeah. uh, at St. Mary's and uh, yeah, that's the place. And we were we were sitting there in the in the little little room waiting for the the, the nurse to come. And uh, and all of a sudden it was nine o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden there was this blaring announcement over the the loudspeaker. And it was the 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 moment of reflection. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and when the nurse came in, we asked, "So, so do you like these no- moments of reflections?" And she just kind of <laughs> kind of made this uncomfortable face. Like, I can't talk about it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she said, "Every day at nine, it's yeah. the moment of reflection." Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, and then an air raid siren goes off. It yeah. reminded me of school when they would do the daily announcements. Oh, I mean, yeah. they, they were they were praying for like all these random things, like like 
the farmers getting the crops out of the field. And so I think the farmers got that. They don't need yeah. prayers for that. They've got wow machines. But uh, but yeah, I didn't know they did a daily daily reflection there. So so they're begging for things. Are they are they thanking for anything? I mean, I, they're probably thanking too. Yeah, I just okay. heard the one. I I don't know. I was I was a little startled by it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was an air raid. Or something. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, hey, Iceland's waiting for its volcano. They don't yeah. know exactly what it's going to be like. I saw some images online of the giant, uh, like, uh, I've forgotten where it was, Grinstad or something, but they, they, they had a giant cracks in the ground, and they're not sure exactly what's going to happen. They're not sure exactly the extent to which it's going to be, uh, you know, possibly at, you know clouds of ash or whatever. Will people be able to get in and out? By the way, if you do have some travel plans to Iceland, there's no refunds. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> this happened to Companion to me back in 2010 where they had that giant volcano yeah. and we were going to gonna gonna go and it didn't work out right, so, so you rake a bit out of luck then yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> rake a bit out of luck yes <laughs> exactly uh vatican confirms catholics still forbidden to join masonic lodges oh wow it's a report responding to a question from a filipino bishop um, the, the Pope Francis and uh, and some of his uh, his uh, associates reaffirm the incompatibility between the Catholic Church and joining Masonic lodges. This was uh, originally issued in 1983, and they're they're saying no, that still holds. So, no, you can join the the the, the order, the loyal order of the Water Buffalo. So, so. <laughs> Just because well, the hats. Well, they don't. Don't they have Catholic like They're Knights of like Columbus? Knights of Columbus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. yeah. <laughs> I don't think that name has quite the same resonance <laughs> as it used to. But that's just my feeling. Hey, someone that might be important to you passed yes. away this week. I don't yes. know if you heard that Laura Parker passed away. Laura Parker played Angelique. Oh yeah, that, that was a couple uh, weeks ago. Dark we, Shadows. We, we talked yeah. about that. No, I loved oh, her. did we? Did you talk about? Yeah, that? we loved, oh, we thought, loved her. Oh, okay. Well, I loved her. Yeah, I just got. I just got the. Uh, they just show up and then yeah, wonder, wonderful picture of her looking at a painting of Barnabas yeah. there. Uh, what I thought you might also enjoy was the fact that uh, she was still close with Catherine Lee Scott, who played mm-hmm. Josette. Yeah, and in fact, it was Josette who announced that uh, that uh, Laura Parker had passed away. So they had a nice. I said this was in the New York Times, and I saw a nice little uh, discussion of uh, of uh, the show and how it started out as kind of like you know your your classic. Uh, Story about a wealthy and eccentric Maine family. You know, they're living in the, in Collinsport, Maine, and it, you know, it had the usual soap opera, you know, melodramas like time travel, ghosts, werewolves, <laughs> well, it started vampires. Up, it started up fairly just like my family. <laughs> it started up fairly normal, and I, I don't remember if the the ratings were low or what what prompted them to do this, but they threw in a ghost. Yeah, and uh, you know, because I mean, it was set in this creepy old house. Yeah, in there, and, have a and, ghost. and they threw a ghost in there, and people yeah. liked the ghost. And then, well, how about you know, it was the sixties, yeah. a vampire? How about a werewolf? Huh? Yeah, How about yeah. some time travel? Yeah. Well, let's have some parallel. traveling vampires. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, she was a witch, of course. She was a witch. She yeah. was great. No, she was really good. She was a, a good actress. She was, yeah. uh, um, she and Catherine Lee Scott were both very active in the, the convention circuit. Oh, very nice. They were good. getting a lot of, you know, yeah. um, do a lot of appearances on it. And she wrote a couple of, a uh, couple of paperbacks of uh, return to Collinwood or something like that, and they were actually pretty good. So, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, and, uh, check that out. No, she was nice. I liked her. She was, of course, I had a big crush on her because she was gorgeous. And uh, here's her quote about the uh, the vampire's bite. She says, "The bite itself is like the act of sex. 
There is penetration and there is pleasure and then there is abandonment. <laughs> <laughs> and then regret. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot. Uh, yeah, an eternity of regret. <laughs> 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 Just like a vampire bite. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so Target, the the store Target, oh, yeah. has started locking up a bunch of other stuff okay. uh, cause, uh, because of um, shoplifting. All righty. And uh, not just, you know, the, we're used to seeing them lock up, you know, kind of high-end stuff or sure. electronics and things. Now they're, they're locking up body wash, toothpaste, and deodorant behind a glass panel. And uh, at, at a little um, public appearance this week, the, their CEO, Brian Cornell, said that uh, many shoppers really like that. He said they're very grateful to see that. Grateful? That, uh, that uh, they, they like the idea that uh, those things are going to, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, he called them guests. Many of our guests like, like the idea. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and he told the story sounds like one of those Trump stories. He said, yeah, yeah. people were coming up to me in the store yeah, telling were. me, sir, sir, <laughs> sir with tears in their eyes. I'm glad you're locking up the deodorant now. <laughs> this free ranging deodorant really offends me. <laughs> now, I know this guy's a CEO, so yeah, he's yeah. essentially a, a, a god among men. Yeah, yeah, but, of course he is. <laughs> so I hate to disagree with him, yeah. but there is not one person. <laughs> Not one no. customer. They're not guests. They're customers. Yes. Not one customer who likes the idea of having to ask somebody yeah. to, to open up a, a case so they can buy some toothpaste. No. Not, not one not person. One. <laughs> not a single person. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have to say, if you say it, we have to do it because people are horrible yeah. things, horrible yeah. primates, and they steal things from I us. I mean, if they want to put it into some kind of like... I don't know, sort of Raiders of the Lost Ark style Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> now that would be interesting. <laughs> I'd go for that. That would be exciting. They should make it into like a like a big claw machine. Oh, there you go. People would love it. <laughs> oh, I wanted Ban. <laughs> I got Tom's. <laughs> Tom's doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> we like games. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Uh, you pay your money, you take your chances. United Healthcare. Oh, we got a couple minutes left. United Healthcare has been sued for allegedly denying healthcare claims based on a faulty AI model. Oh yeah. Um, There's a big, no- a big news. <laughs> it's a privately run, government-approved version of the federal Medicare program and provides health coverage for U.S. residents. Uh, citizens or residents who are 65 or older. Um, various studies suggest that. Uh, okay, so the complaint was brought by a law firm in Minneapolis. It alleges United Healthcare unlawfully deployed an AI system with a 90% error rate. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 not unintentional. Yeah. To, to, wow. Because it would it would uh, it would uh, turn down claims it would reject claims well yeah that's a feature yeah yes, right. <laughs> it works perfectly <laughs> <laughs> what are you what are you complaining about? i mean seriously they could they you know you know they tested this stuff yeah. i mean you know you don't throw a, a any kind of thing into into your your it system without testing it so they tested it and they were pretty happy with the results yeah. so well this explains my next story which i'm going to squeeze in before we go uh, a very recent study done by the National Survey on Drug Use and Health found that more seniors than ever are choosing pot over pills. Oh, all right. Yep. it's uh, Seniors are the fastest growing population of cannabis users in the United States. And when I hear stories like that one, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Time to declare. The weekend. Uh, 
stick around. Uh, the kiosk is next. After that, uh, who cooks for you with the real Jaguar? Who's back this week? So we just we, a little little gavotte there. Really nice. Jumped over the imaginary hurdle. He did. So. All right, well, uh, again, stick around. The kiosk is next after that. Who Cooks Free with Real Jaguar? Amy Goodman, Democracy Now!, Labor Radio, uh, Blues Cruise, Friday on My Mind. All kinds of great stuff here on your favorite radio station, WRT. Pants, it's great to see you. You too, buddy. As always, Minions, enjoy your weekend, and uh, we will talk at you next Friday. Bye-bye. But slick as you are, you make the pants. You are listening to WRT 89.9 FM. Goodbye, friends. I'll miss you. Good riddance to them. Now Zoidberg is the popular one. Yes, yes. Let's all talk to Zoidberg.